God, these things are so hard. All right. Hi, welcome to Plant Pals. My name is Mike. I don't have a retail voice, so intros are hard for me. But my guest this week is Nina House. She is fantastic, super smart, super funny. Here we go. My name is Nina House. I am a botanist. I'm mainly... Well, okay. How far back do we want to start here? As far as you want. Oh, God. Okay. So, I grew up in upstate New York, and I did my bachelor's in biology at SUNY Oswego. I did a minor in sustainability studies. Um, and that... And then I moved to Southern California in 2017 after I finished my bachelor's, and that's when I really started doing um, plant stuff. Um, and my first internship was with the uh, Palos Verdes Peninsula Land Conservancy. Shout out. Huh? Shout out. Woo! <laughs> um, and that was like, it was unpaid, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I just need something to get some experience because I was like out here for, I think I didn't get my first like real botany job until like seven months of living in Southern California. And I was definitely feeling like I'm unhirable. Like I suck. <laughs> So, but that, I just needed more experience. So that job was really great. I got like restoration experience. I got to start like working with plants and IDing plants. And then um, I did an internship with um, California Botanic Garden, then Rancho Santa Ana Botanic Garden for about a year and a half. And then I did, and then I got into the master's program at CalBG and I did a floristic study um, in the Southern Sierra Nevada. And now I I guess this will be like my first like real like announcing it to like general public. Ooh. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I just accepted a job at the Jepson Herbarium at UC Berkeley do, as a museum scientist. So I'll be working on the Jepson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank this you. <laughs> so I'll be working on the Jepson E Flora and on their um, uh, workshops and field trips. So that starts next month in January. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> awesome heck yeah so i want to ask you about your floristic survey mm -hmm. uh what is that first of all yeah okay um so a floristic study is basically you choose an area of land and then you document all of the plants that occur in that area so um my floristic study was in the southern sierras and it was made up of two watersheds the manter and salmon creek watersheds it's about 50 square miles in total um entirely on the sequoia national forest um, yeah, and half of it was Domeland Wilderness. So floristic studies are super important because if we don't know, it's basically like it provides like a baseline information of what type of, what plant species are out on the landscape. And if we don't know what plants are out there and where they occur, like what other plants they occur with, what, you know, threats, disturbances that they're facing, we can't help protect them. So ultimately this Floristic studies inform conservation. They help land managers. They also produce herbarium specimens that are, if you, so, mo like most floristic studies are taking actual like voucher specimens that you take back to the herbarium. You identify them, and then um, 
from there they're used for so many different things you know all basically herbarium specimens are like the basis for like all other botanical research like you can use it to extract dna and do phylogenetic analyses um you can use it for phylo- um phenological studies like all of this sort of stuff so very cool um so like at what um at what scale are you taking surveys like i can't imagine you doing 100 foot transects or 100 meter transects you know for every 100 meters for the entirety like what how big do you start how small do you get yeah um yeah so this is actually there's different ways to do floristic studies and um Flor, flor, well, floristic work has gotten a little bit of pushback. Like, if you try to, um, uh, we had some students here at Kelby G who tried to apply for like NSF funding for their their floras, and they got turned down <laughs> because flor, floras like they're not. You don't go out there with like a hypothesis that you're looking to test. You are just there's there's many different types of ways to do it but one of the ones that's most common is just like meandering style collecting so you are just walking across the landscape you might be like oh that mountain looks different you know like that one looks like it's made out of different rock type i'm just gonna walk over there and check it out (laughs) that is tight that's the goal yeah it's incredible no it's it's so awesome um it's just it's just like early botany right where you're just like i'm gonna walk around <laughs> and be an explorer yeah. like <laughs> egads what is on yonder hill yes <laughs> exactly um so yeah it's so awesome but there are some people who prefer um the more traditional way of doing it or where you're like putting out transects and you're you're thoroughly checking for and then it that is like maybe you're more likely to get all of the diversity in, in a study site that way. But when you have such a big area, it's just impossible to lay down transects, especially like my study site was like Montaigne. So you had a lot of like ch- changing elevations and you're not going to like put a transect across that whole like miles. Of... Yeah. Oh my God. It's like jagged, broken peaks too. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's impossible. Um, but, and honestly, like doing the meandering style as like, a like educated botanist you're a lot more likely to see like where there might be different plants right like you're yeah like you're looking and you're like that mountain looks different that's a different rock type like oh that drainage looks like it might have different plants it's just yeah it's you end up catching a lot of the diversity that way did you find anything particularly of note anything new um yeah so i well okay so it's not new but it is like my favorite plant in the study site so it go my study site was from 3400 feet almost up to 10,000 feet and that was at serretta peak um which is the highest point in the southern sierras south of uh, olancha peak <laughs> um and it's also the southernmost uh point for the um the foxtail pine in in the in the Sierras. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like the southernmost population, and um, yeah, so in and I was like, okay, I got to get up there and make sure that the population's doing okay and the plants are doing okay, um, and yeah, it just seems like everything. I found like little babies all the way up to like fully grown adults, and they they seemed like they were doing fine. Um, they did the in twenty twenty one. It was like. So I did my study from 2019 to 2021 uh, with most of the collecting in 2020 and 2021. And um, 
yeah it was like so it was obviously it was very dry out there there was just like no rain in 2021 so the the leaves on the branches were like yellowing but like overall they <clears throat> they were fine so continued um monitoring is important but in the meantime they seem like they'll be okay <laughs> yeah you saw seedlings like regeneration is a really good sign yeah yeah totally um um so other cool things that i found on my study site too um were some range extensions so gentiana newberryi variety teogana was a region it was so cute too it's like growing in the middle of big so there's a bunch of really large meadows in my study site which is part of why i chose it because there's like a lot of cattle grazing that's happening in those meadows so there's like some i was interested in how the cattle are impacting the plants um but yeah so gentiana newberry newberry variety teogana so common name is sierra alpine gentian it's like it's cute it's white it was just growing right in the middle of the meadow it's so cool it's like a lifer i need to see that yeah and it's like the the petals are like like spotted with like these little purple like green like kind of colored it was so cute but yeah it was um a southern most range extension for the plant of 40 miles so it was pretty significant yeah um and then i also found angelica callii so i think there was like 20 there's 20 something rare plants documented in the study site between like historical collections and my own um and yeah, so Angelico Callii was one of the new um, rare plants in the study site. And it was also an east, eastern, eastward range extension of 16 miles. So, and huh. I, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, it's a APAC thing, whatever. And then <laughs> I didn't take any pictures and I got back and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I know. I have friends that would be punching the air right now to hear us not being excited about APAC. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. The high elevation, like, the subalpine ones in the Sierras are so cool, like Ranger Buttons. Oh, um, Ranger Buttons. I love Ranger Buttons. That was all over my study site, too. Like, Just, like, why is this carrot doing that? What the fuck? I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're very, very cute. Yeah, there was, I had quite a bit of APAC in my study site, so it definitely, they start to, like, if you don't know what you're looking at, they just kind of, like, merge together. Although, Ranger Buttons stands out. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I found a putative hybrid at my study site, too. So Naomi Fraga was my advisor um, for the project. Um, so she helped me key some of my monkey flowers. And one of them was a hybrid between Diplicus bicolor and Diplicus mephiticus. Um, which, so they have, like, a zone of contact south of Mount Whitney. Um, so it's cool to document that they are, like, hybridizing where they're in contact. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What color was it? Which of the bicolor did it take? It's pink. The petals are pink. And then there's like some yellow, um, like in, going into the throat um, with like some like pink stripes and like white patches too. It's very cute. <laughs> so did you have to, what, did you have to like spend time in Bakersfield? For this in Bakersfield? Like, I'm trying to think of like, what is the nearest like base of operations for that? Kernville? Kernville, yeah, Kernville is where I spent most of my time. I where so I'm in Claremont, California. It's like where the botanic garden is, Kelby G. And then you so you can either go up 395 or you can go up through Bakersfield. And I definitely mm. did not. I went through Bakersfield like twice, and I was like, that's yeah. that's enough for me. <laughs> that's <not> good. <laughs> so then I usually went up through Ridgecrest. Um, <laughs> came up like on the the eastern side of the Sierras. <laughs> Kernville's fun. 
Yeah, it's it's fun. It's interesting. <laughs> Shout out Knuckle Up Ministries. Um, Perry Lee's partner was telling me about oh, theirs. Dito. The um, uh, there's a church or a ministry out there, and it's Knuckle Up, but it's like an acronym, so it's like K N U C K L E U P Ministries. We have looked, like we've we've done our research. We cannot figure out what it means. Like I'm a step <laughs> yeah. away from calling them and being like can you because I, I think they try to keep it a mystery because it's like like because it's supposed to be like one of those like modern like crossfit churches or something uh, what i don't fucking know <laughs> crossfit church i was hoping you knew <laughs> no i have no idea i mean i didn't spend a lot of time in kernville i mainly just like drove through stopped and also because most of my study was during covid yeah I didn't want to spend a lot of time in this rural town where nobody was wearing face masks in, like, the height of, like, 2020 COVID. <laughs> yeah, it gets spooky up there. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to grab gas and keep going. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so what jobs, you said that you worked for PVPLC down in L.A. That was an internship. Um is that pretty much just like school and then now? Or were you like on the seasonal grind for a minute in between undergrad and graduate? No, I didn't do any seasonal jobs. So when I, well, yeah, when I moved to California, I just, I worked <laughs> in retail for like seven years from like. Where? In, in New York. So oh. um, I worked at Wegmans. Do you know Wegmans? I feel like I've heard about it through movies based in New York. Is it in Home Alone? Maybe, I actually have never seen Home Alone. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll cut that out. I'll cut that out. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, so I don't know. But Wegmans, yeah, Wegmans is this grocery tro- store chain, like, on the East Coast. It started in, like, I think Rochester, New York, and it's moving. I know this is a plant podcast. Nobody wants to hear about this New York-based grocery yeah. store. <laughs> but- <laughs> it's about, it's <laughs> The American experience. The American experience. You're right. And this is like the roots. that We all start in working in a grocery yeah. store or in retail and we work our way up. Um, <laughs> but uh, people are obsessed with Wegmans like on the East Coast. Like the, these kids like made a musical about it and it's a very good, <laughs> it's a good company to work for. <laughs> so is it like, is it, what is it, Wawa down in like oh, Maryland, um, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Uh, oh, my friend and I stopped at a Wawa at like two in the morning one time. Yeah, we were like breaking daylight at the Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's just like Wegmans is perfect. They have everything. I get really frustrated out here because I'm like, Trader Joe's has this, but then I have to go to. Yeah, if you want produce, you have to go somewhere else. I'm like, why Trader Joe's? Why do you wrap your broccoli each individually in plastic? <laughs> But anyway, so I worked in retail. So then when I moved out to California, I was like, I'm just going to like find a retail position for, for until I can find something that I really want to do. Um, and so I just worked at Ralph's for like six months and then did Palos Verdes. Um, Is that your cat? <laughs> I'm surprised ours hasn't tried to make an appearance. He's been on some bullshit lately. Has he? Yeah, so then I just worked at Ralph's while I was work like doing unpaid like internship with Pal- Palos Verdes, 
Um, and that one, yeah, that one was like a restoration focused internship. So it was like I would just drive. So I was living like near Pasadena at the time and I was driving all the way to Palos Verde. So it was like. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like. For an unpaid internship? Yeah, I know. God. <laughs> this is why like this field is like really like unaccessible for anybody who like doesn't have support, like financial support. Yeah. That's important for people to know, though. Like, yeah, sometimes you get stuck working at Ralph's for six months. Yeah. But, like, you just did a floristic study of an entire basin. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. No, it's so... It's. It gets better. It gets better. It does. No, I mean, I felt so sad when I first moved out here. I was like, I'm never going to get a job doing what I want to do. Like, how do... And then I just, like, really, yeah, put myself in situations where I was like, I and being used right now but like i can put on my resume that like yeah i learned some plants and i like and it yeah so it was like they had restoration events every saturday so like volunteer events so i was like helping like making sure the kids who were volunteering were actually you know like planting native plants and not ripping them out you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was fun and then um, at Kelby G, when I applied for the seeds, um, seed conservation internship, I actually had been like in touch with Naomi, expressing interest in the in the graduate program, and I knew an alum of the program because she had just started working at SUNY Oswego, where I did my undergrad. Um, as I was like, I'm moving to California. She had just started working there, and I was like, I'm interested in plants. She's like, Oh, you should check out this botanic garden. Um, and then she like put me in touch with Naomi. So it was kind of like really crazy coincidence that she like started working. I talked to her and then like, she put me in touch with Naomi. (laughs) So it's like, um, very serendipitous. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going back to New York, Mm -hmm. what did you have favorite trees? Cause I feel very strongly about my Eastern trees. Ooh. As I forget more and more Latin names, I get more and more, like, crotchety about, like, Quercus alba is the best tree, how dare you? <laughs> I actually, like, I really didn't get into plants until, like, very late in my time in New York. What was your aha moment where you're like, oh, plants is what's for me, this rules? Yeah, yeah. I, so I came out to California, actually, in 2015, just for, like, a, a trip, And I, like, went to the Arboretum, and I was just seeing, like, all of these, like, crazy plants that I had never seen before. And, I mean, they were all, like, horticultural plants, but I was just like, oh, this is super cool. And I, like, met somebody who knew, like, the scientific names for all the horticultural plants, and I was like, I want to know the scientific names. (laughs) (laughs) So then I went back to New York, and I started, like, buying house plants and killing them, you know, and, like... (laughs) So it wasn't like I, it was very gradual. It was, I was like, I'm interested in plants, but I wasn't interested in botany necessarily. And then as I started like learning more about plants, I was like, okay, okay. And then really like the internship at the, at Calby G was really what did it for me. I was like, oh, this is very cool. Like just getting to be out in the field and like learning plants and IDing them. Um, but like, like we were talking about before we started recording, it's like, there are things about botany that it's like, oh, like plant ID is fun. Like, it's fun to know the names of plants and like be able to like, you know, look at them and be like, that's that. But then you're like, sometimes working your way through the Jepson is just like, yeah, numbingly. (laughs) Oh my God. I tried last, this time last year, I started last year was Manzanitas, this year is Ceanothus because I was raised Catholic and I like (laughs) self-punishment. (laughs) <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and so I remember I was going through the Jepson manuals, Manzanita key, and I was just hitting dead end after dead end. And I was like, I was, it was like, you've gotten to the point where you're like, I'm doing this right. Why is this not working? Mm-hmm. It was the most upsetting thing. I have this right now next to me. Me, I've talked about this before. I think the one I just released with Cheryl, we talked about. But oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The field guide to Manzanitas is... <laughs> The same author, but, like, it's just light years better. It fucking kicks so much ass. And it's Manzanita season now. I got so caught up in, like, day-to-day that I didn't realize that everything's blooming right now. Doesn't it seem early, though? Is it? It's, like, December-ish. I don't know. Up here is different because it's been cold and wet. I don't know. How has L.A. been with the rain? We've been getting some rain. We just actually got quite a bit the last two days. Um... But it, and like the mountains, so I, where Claremont is, it's like Mount Baldy is right behind Claremont, and like, okay. um, it's, they're all just like covered in snow right now, and it's like, oh, it's so pretty. I know. <laughs> that, Southern California, when there's snowy mountains, you're like, oh, this is, I could die right now. Like, yeah. This is, there's never been issues, there will never be issues. <laughs> like, this is perfect. And then it melts a day and a half, and the smog comes back, and you're like, fuck. Exactly. <laughs> No, winter in LA is like my favorite season here. Um, it's so good. Yeah, which is really weird coming from New York, where it's like winter is just this well because it lasts for like nine days, and you're like, okay, anyway, it's summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just like colder t- weather too. <laughs> like I really, I'm like, oh, they got I'm moving up to San Francisco because <laughs> I can't deal with another LA summer. <laughs> we had um, some snow on the peaks in like the Diablo Range today from the storms we got hail in the santa cruz mountains saturday night sunday night yeah i saw somebody we got slammed um instagram somebody posted that on instagram um we got f- our basement flooded too like oh, we have a little no. cre- you know that little creek that runs by my house yeah that was like almost breaking its banks i i was salamander hunting on saturday night so i was just kind of poking around with my headlamp mm-hmm. in the rain and um i was like down around my basement and i had a little little tin of uh wood varnish that i had left out and i was like oh shit don't want that like getting loose so i go i put it in my basement i open the door and it's just like a half inch of water oh, no. it's like, rie, 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 rie. <laughs> there's a fucking banana slug in there i don't know how it <laughs> got past my door that was the weirdest thing ever <laughs> and then i i'm like i'm all flustered because there's my you know nothing really got damaged like we got stupid lucky with how it worked out but like there's like a inch of water in my basement and there's a banana slug in there and there's two of the biggest spiders ever ever seen and apparently gophers have been like getting lost and ending up in our basement because there's just like gopher holes because uh, like rats don't burrow that far i don't think like to come from outside under the perimeter of the house and then in um and so i i step back out into onto my deck and i see i had my headlamp on still and I just, it just catches a pair of eyes out in the woods. And I was like, what the fuck is that even? And I go over and I look and it's a cat. Oh. I was like, oh God, you poor thing. Because like our cat had gotten out in like May and I thought he was gone dead forever. So I was like, I had Alana come, like we had a bowl of food. We set up a little bed. Like we had like a five gallon garden pot that we put a uh, blanket in. And um, it was just staring there. It wouldn't move. I'd go like, and then it was like, it would kind of like, be like, yo, what's up? And so I was like, oh, okay, it's a house cat. It's, like, kind of intrigued by me squeaking at it. And so eventually Lana goes upstairs, and I, I'm like, I should go inside. It's going to do its own thing. And I was like, no, I, 
can't. So like, I grab the food and I start like slowly approaching it, and I get within like a couple feet of it. It's fucking bobcat. <laughs> Did it run? I, I have never used the Lord's name like truly in vain. I went Jesus Christ and turned around and ran in my house like. Usually there's, like, a bit of humor with it. I was just like, oh, God, no. Like, I was invoking the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, no. Did it run away, or was it just, like... No, the whole time it was just like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, <laughs> It's like, I know you're... It just watched my whole thing of, like, God damn it, the basement's flooded. Oh, hey, baby, come here. That's all, you poor thing. Yeah. Being like, oh, God, oh, my God. <laughs> just running away. <laughs> Such a fucking suburbanite. I can't believe myself. <laughs> We, so I have a cat and then my, one of my current roommates has a cat and she loves to get out. Like, and then when, when my cat Hudson gets out, he usually just rolls around in the dirt for a second and then you can like go pick him up and bring him back inside. But when his cat gets out, she is gone. Like she books it and eventually she'll come back all like, oh, it's cold, you know? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, duh. <laughs> um, but I was like looking around for her the other night. So I was like, oh, where is she? And I saw, like, this pair of eyes looking at me from the fence. And I was like, oh, Tortuga, there you are. You know, she's a tortoiseshell cat, so it's really funny. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'm like, there you are. And I, like, go to walk over to her. <laughs> it's an opossum. Just, like, like, just, like, stock still, you know, on the fence. Like, you know, the teeth, like, ah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Do you have any parrots up there? Like, feral parrots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually just saw some today. They were, they like, they're more over towards like Pasadena, like that area, but they are like moving east along the 210. And they'll just like all flock together and then they make a bunch of noise. Um, that was the craziest thing about moving to Long Beach was like, I had heard, because I was like trying to like read up on my neighborhood at the time. And they're like, oh yeah, there's like, you know, like in 1935, some guy dropped a crate of green parrots and they all got out. And then like, now they just live here. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And <laughs> right. we were like walking to this taco place along the beach one day. And all of a sudden I heard like, kah, 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 kah. And I was like, what the fuck is, there was just like a hundred green parrots just come overhead. They are the loudest things known to man. So I thought it was fun, fun for them. about a week and a half, and they started moving up towards my apartment, like, a couple miles away, and I was like, fuck this. Fuck <laughs> I <these> love <laughs> them. <laughs> I was listening to them today, and I was like, oh, I'm going to miss the parrots. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think... Oh, you know what we have in spades in the Bay Area is ravens. Oh, cool. That's fine. And they, like, to the point where it's, like, kind of concerning, because they'll, they'll catch a thermal, like going up oh. and then there'll just be like this tornado of ravens like like a couple hundred like not even to exaggerate like it was kind of like is this like an old god gonna come out of this like what's happening i saw that on your instagram yeah <laughs> i was so and they came right over me and i was like all right i guess this is it this is not like, just take take me i was te like full t-pose like let's do it <laughs> that's so crazy birds are fun um, birds are fun birds are fun they're they're not as fun as plants <laughs> <laughs> so you said you were doing undergrad for fish oh yeah, yeah. so many words yeah so while it was it was really microplastics so i did microplastic ingestion by forage fish in lake ontario mm -hmm. so we partnered up with the usgs um and they do like their annual trawl they go out on the lake and they like collect a bunch of fish and we were like hey can we just have like a hundred of those fish um and then it was kind of, it was gross, right? So it was stinky. We like dissected all the stomachs out and the, of the fish. And then we, um, 
dissolved them and like put them through a vacuum filtration. Um, and then we looked at the contents of the fish stomachs under a microscope to see if they'd been ingesting any microplastics. And I don't remember the exact number now, but it was something, I think like of the like 90 something we looked at, like seven didn't have any microplastics in their stomach. It was just like yeah. everything <laughs> microplastics. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was interesting research, but then I, I did an internship internship with the USGS and like went out on the boat like one time and I, and I was like, I can't actually work on like one of these like small science like vessels. Yeah. I was just like so sick immediately. Really? Shit. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess like this isn't for me. <laughs> um, Whole land lover. That's funny. Actually, I'm going to go look at plants that grow in the land and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to California where there's no standing water. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my friend who did that research with me, he actually ended up getting a job at the USGS and now he's about to be like one of the boat captains. Um, he's no shit. Cruise training. Yeah. So it was like, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, and like, we're still working on trying to get that published too. It's like, it's really just a lesson. And like, if you want to get something published and you're working on it, like do it while you're working on it. Because like... You know, I moved out to California, and then, like, my partner got, like, my partner, research partner got a, um, got the job, and then, like, my advisor ended up, like, having a bunch of life things come up, so it's just, like, between the three of us, we're like, so who's gonna work on this? Yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm having that now, too, with my, because I finished my master's, and now I need to get it published, and, like, Lucinda McDade at the Garden, she's the director, she just keeps, like are you going to publish your paper? I was like, yeah. Does she sound like that? <laughs> no, she doesn't sound like that. she a German lady from the 30s? <laughs> no, but my family, my Oma is very German. so I. <laughs> but yeah, your Oma is very German, I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just fall into the German accent <laughs> for older people. House is actually spelled H-A-U-S. <laughs> I keep, I, you, I don't, because I, <laughs> you told me at CNPS that your last name's pronounced Heine. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I keep like, I'm like, was he being serious? I can't. <laughs> That's the thing, man. It's like, I don't know if it's like nominative determinism or Jesus, I butchered that word. Nominative determinism where it's like a silly name makes a silly person <laughs> yeah. or like, cause now I'm like, I kind of like, uh, like the boy who cried wolf myself or I'm like kind of a goofball. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, my name is Mike Heine. Everyone's like, ah, good one. No, really though. What is it? You're like, wait. It's like, no, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah, that's. <laughs> My father's name is Heine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, though. Yeah. It's Heine. Oh. Heine in Germany. And then at some point, they just said Heine. And then I think it was before Heine was, like, booty. Oh. It has to be. Right? That's what I tell myself. Very, it would be very American pride. if... Um, <laughs> either way. Yeah, right? Um, very cool. Well, that's not very cool. That's my last name. Um, <laughs> so with all of that, what kind of like somebody who's like 19 years old and let's, all right. When I was 19, I was working a midnight graveyard shift, driving a forklift, smoking cigarettes, not because I was addicted, but because I had them like, and thinking me and like, oh shit, like I'm never gonna get there. Like, what advice would you give that person? 
because, like, as someone who worked at Ralph's for six months, moving out to California, like, you've definitely felt some level of that despair, too. Totally. I, I mean, my advice is really just to be persistent. Like, it's, even when you're, like, feeling really demoralized and beaten down, it's just, like, keep, yeah, keep being persistent. And ultimately, like, you know, like, I, I talk to a lot of people who are, like, afraid to reach out to professors or, like, um, jobs and they're just like oh like I can't do that that's scary and I'm like no these are just people you know and like yeah like botanist I mean overall like the vast majority of like botanists and like just scientists in general that I've reached out to and talked to they're super excited that you're excited and want to talk to them yeah like it's nerds at the end of the day like, <laughs> yeah literally. people get snooty but it's like it's nerds yeah yeah so it's just like I've had I, like maybe my experience has been like weird but I've had really really good experience with just reaching out to people and like chatting with them and getting advice from them and I think ultimately like that's why I'm super into mentoring because it's like people like I would not be where I am right now without like like really awesome mentors who are very helpful in like getting me to like where I am today um so yeah I would say being persistent and also just like being friendly like it's like that's like a silly thing to say but it's like it, like i didn't like no one like you can be like bad it's like not not bad at your job like but you have like you can be like <laughs> trying to get better you know maybe not like the best at your job eager it's like you're passionate and like willing to learn and like easy to work with and like someone who's like fun to be around people are going to be willing to like help you get to where you know, the level that you need to be at. For yeah. And if that makes sense. No, definitely. Yeah. So that's not an excuse to be like bad at your job. Like I'll just be friendly and nobody yeah. cares. Everybody loves, I'm, I'm a personality hire. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that about myself sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so like yeah. be persistent, right? Cause I feel like I've had this conversation recently with, recently with friends where it's oh, I reached out to this hiring agency, but, like, they're probably not going to really call back or anything. It's like, no, I, like, I've bullied more or less people into giving me jobs. You know, like, very friendly and professionally. be being like, no, like, hey, like, knock, 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 I'm still here. Like, you hired that one out yet? Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's like, be annoying. I don't know, like... <laughs> just, yeah. Just, yeah, be persistent and be like i don't know like in undergrad i was like yeah i was one of those people who was like scared to like talk to professors i'm like oh am i like annoying like are they gonna think i'm stupid but i just kept bugging like my his name is his eric helquist i did and he was my research advisor for the microplastic stuff i just kept bugging him and being like what do you research are you doing like what can i help you with and he like <laughs> like later on i was like sorry for being so annoying and he was like no you weren't being annoying he's like that was great like he's like sometimes i just need a like reminder so just like yeah it would be, suck to not get a position just because someone forgot about you yeah like nobody thinks about you as hard as you do yeah for, exactly. better or for worse yeah totally yeah so that's that's my main advice and yeah like we talked about earlier it is like very frustrating in this field that you have to do like these low pay positions in order to get anywhere i mean and ultimately like in botany like you're never going to be rich you know? <laughs> yeah i guess like think about that when you're deciding to go into this field <laughs> like... start your own land trust and just rake it in mm -hmm. 
Yeah, or going to horticulture. Like, a lot of, they make good money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. But then it's, <laughs> it's funny, like, um, there's, like, my friends have been so, like, are you or are you against horticulture? It's just like, oh, are you like, oh, you're going to go look at this, you know, crazy cultivar that's been bred, like, into an inbreeding depression? Are you going to be, like, a cool kid and go out and see the subspecies that's not real, that's been inbred into an inbreeding depression by nature? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, horticulture is cool. I, I mean, I definitely, like, what makes me, like, excited now is definitely, like, yeah, going out and being in and be like, look at this rare plant, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. That definitely is what makes me more excited. But I don't know. There's definitely, you know, like, horticulture is very important, especially when we're considering, like, moving forward and being more, like, environmentally friendly and creating habitat for for native like animals and you know like in all of this it's just like we have to like take into consideration our yeah absolutely we can have rows and rows of shitty boxwood yeah or like you know something that's a little more water wise and nicer to look at and like it's so funny it's like upside down botany just like the the depths that it can go into like if you really want to chase that dragon like you you can never stop learning about like cultivars like daffodils I'm obsessed with daffodils I have this is probably gonna be gore for the microphone but my little daffodil station right now Ooh. um and it's like literally like like the the phylogeny of daffodils is fucked because of like Romans and ancient British people and um. But it's just, like, there's, like, billions of cultivars that, like, it's just, like, these little genetic capsules that have been preserved. And you want to see it expressed this way, you can grow this one. You want to see it expressed that way, grow that one. I don't know. It's just, like, endlessly fascinating how plastic plants can be with people messing with them. Yeah. And, like, yeah, the the fact that we've been messing with them for thousands of years. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no landscape in north america anyways more or less is probably like a pre-human being altered land like there's no like pre-ice age landscapes out there maybe in northern canada or something but like humans have shaped the ecology of the entire planet for as long as we've been around as long as we've been out of africa anyways it's so crazy to think yeah, what's your, so what originally inspired you to come out west from the East Coast? Um, it was the first job I could get, because <laughs> I graduated halfway through the year. I got an internship with the Golden Gate National Recreation Area uh, in their native plant nursery, doing like the Franciscan Manzanita propagation, like the Ravens Manzanita, the... Um, franciscan clarkia i think there's one um but they paid 15 dollars a day and they're like oh we'll give you housing and i was like cool 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 um i have loans due in six months like what do you guys have any breaks for that i'm not trying to rag on them they seem like a great organization it's just the name of the game in this industry um but they're like no yeah like a lot of our interns like go on like food stamps and I was like damn that seems like a not a great way to start my career and like sometimes I'm kind of like oh that would have been a great way to start my career because it's a rare plant nursery in San Francisco like what more do you want uh and so instead I got a restoration job down in Orange County for a whopping $12 an hour but the the housing was also paid for so I was like I can at least save up to pay my first round of loans off and 
I kind of pigeonholed myself in the restoration mm. angle since then, but honestly, like, restoration is, like, it makes me sleep well at night. Like, mm-hmm. my whole thing is I get so worked up about, it's definitely a toxic trait. I'm like, I get so worked up with anxiety that only I'm the, you know, only I can fix climate change and, oh my God, there's wars and death and a tree falling down and I need to pay attention to all of it. And like, you know, my, my monkey brain just fries out. So like restoration, I'm like, oh, I'm literally doing as much as I physically can right now to help the ecosystem. And that feels very good. It feels bad on my back and my shoulders and my legs and my wallet but it's like oh my god like at least you know there's been so many california has so many rare butterflies like there's so many blues like i forget the genus name of that but um like right now i'm doing grassland restoration project on san bruno um to benefit the four butterflies in that area and that's tight as hell because there's direct results you know like down in palos verdes i was working for the palos verdes blue which was rediscovered next to an oil field like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, Just like stuff like that. You're like, oh, it doesn't take that much for like the scale to be tipped in this rare species advantage. Like it just takes somebody to keep the weeds back long enough that they can get on their feet again. Totally. This is also like a kind of a segue, but I, this is also why I'm super into like science communication and public policy and everything because it's like, we can do, you know, like, botanists, scientists can do all the work we want, like, but if we can't communicate it to the public or communicate it to, like, policymakers or funding agencies, you know, it's like, the restoration and, like, the conservation work isn't going to happen, you know? And yeah. it's just, like, um, so, yeah, it's just, like, it's all, like, very, we need, like, botanists who are, like, multifaceted and, like, can do all of these, which kind of is, like, frustrating a little bit, you know, like, you know, be poor, but also, like... <laughs> yeah, do it for the love of it, like... Yeah, yeah like, yeah. be really good at all of these different things, but it's, like, it's, you know, yeah, it's, like, also what makes me feel good about what I'm, what I'm doing, ultimately. I'm, like, oh, yay, like, at least I, I hope I'm, like helping plants and like helping the environment um i'm like this is what i wanted to do when i was a little undergrad (laughs) yeah and it's like communication science communication to the public is i mean obviously it's so important goes out saying but like in the absence of that we have these right-wing yahoos who are like oh they're taking this dark money so they can you know ship kids over in wayfair drawers This, this isn't for the bison this is to get rid of like hardworking ranchers it's like come on man like think for five seconds like let us let not us but like let somebody explain it to you in a calm rational way so you can have a calm rational response to it instead of just immediately reacting to it i really like the shame-based approach um (laughs) going back to my earlier uh comment about being raised catholic uh I, i won't name them but an organization i worked for they had a bunch of old signs that were, like, now disappearing at a location near you about, like, butterflies that had been common. Or, like, L.A. has, like, I don't know how many butterflies go extinct or become, like, endemic to one hill, relegated to one hill. 
And it's just like, that's, it's so funny. It's because it's like, oh, this is, you know, the, the pink eyed newt. The pink eyed newt lives in this one riparian area in like downtown San Jose. Like if we all band together and work hard, maybe it won't go extinct in your lifetime. But it's just like, no, I want like, listen, you guys fucked up so bad that this thing lives in a fucking toilet hole in San Jose. Do you want this to live in a toilet hole? No, you don't because you don't hate it. So do something about it right now donate <laughs> like that kind of i love it yeah we need all methods <laughs> yeah some aren't working right now <laughs> yeah we we've um and we just so i actually just watched kelby g has um a class like every other year called uh, conservation plan and you basically you pick a plant and then you write a conservation plan for it and i just watched all of the the current students um, do their talks today on their, their plants. Um, and it's like, you know, they're like trying to get it listed and like doing all this fun stuff. But um, one of the things we talk about in the class is like how to communicate to the public, like in a way that's productive, you know, like you can go too far to over here where it's like, now it's doom and gloom and everyone's like upset and they're like, yeah, it's like, what's the point? It's already doomed. Yeah, exactly. Or you can go, like, I don't know. There's so many different directions you can go in. Um, and it's, yeah, like, I, I'll have to mention to Naomi your um, making people feel guilty. <laughs> Make them feel bad. Play on their, like, the parental, like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work for some people, I think. <laughs> oh, totally. Because, like, I'm very much trying to be radically optimistic because mm-hmm. I definitely had that phase for several years like at the end of my undergrad where I was like like where you know like when you learn enough about how the state of things are like to be an ecologist is to live in a world of wounds like you just can't help but see like oh that grasslands eroded like oh that's a monoculture of invasives like oh this city had how many endemics underneath it now it's nothing like you're just like you get overwhelmed with how bad it sucks if you want to view it that way and so i'm like in like in the i'm like oh no the central valley of california will rise again it's going to be a lush grassland at some point like that's definitely i will i like you need to have that kind of like plucky not plucky but like just undying optimism without coming off as like i don't know for maybe i'm just jaded and grew up in massachusetts too but like that like that's super like everything's gonna be fine you know like i was saying about the pink-eyed salamander example like acting like like we all got this we're all gonna hold hands and kumbaya our way out of it like i just don't like it and you need something a little more with some more kick to really get people to pay attention to it yeah i think so too it's actually what i i find it really interesting about myself and i, I wonder if i don't know i'm like maybe i'm just a weirdo but like i get super interested in stories about like things that are you know like at risk of extinction you know they're like this poor animal this poor plant like like this is i don't know it's it's just like at the end and then they're like you can do this and i'm like yeah i'm so inspired yeah i don't know i feel like that- pull you down and put you back up yeah yeah like look yeah. at all these things you can do you know and i'm like yeah you're right um i don't know that works on me but maybe i'm like <laughs> no and that's should be i think i'm just cynical <laughs> or, I, or i like to be yelled at <laughs> no but because I, I, I like it when it ends with like 
oh, but like it didn't go extinct, or we thought it was, and then we found it, and now we're busting our ass to get it back together again. So it's like, okay, uh, I, I need, you know, obviously I like to have that positive end note, but the whole like acting like everything's fine to a degree is just like, no, man, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, and I don't think that's productive, honestly, because everything's not fine <laughs> yeah everything is very very bad that's why i'm sometimes lying to myself about how bad it is yeah yeah but yeah i think there's a lot of really great people working really hard and i think um i don't know public um interest seems to be rising i think with with gen z <laughs> totally it's so funny looking back at like the save the whales movement or the save the rainforest movement like I don't know if we've, I mean, maybe it's just save the planet now, but like the marketing, I hate, that's the thing. I think that's the core of what I was trying to get at was like the marketing angle grosses me out so bad that we have to like put a slant on it for people to give a shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, that. I think that's also where I was going to with my earlier example of like us doing the conservation plan class where it's like. Yeah, like, one of the ways you get people to care is by, like, oh, like, ecosystem services, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if we do this, then we'll, you know, like, get this out of it. It's like, why can't we just, like, care about plants and animals? Yeah. Why does it have to have a reason? Like, why can't... It was here first, just let it be. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, I know. Yeah, I remember telling a friend about, like, have you heard about Ariaganum timiae? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess for, like, general, if in case people don't know, it's this areogonum that's in Nevada that's being really threatened by lithium mining. And, yeah, my advisor, Naomi Fraga, is working on it a lot. Um, and now Perry Lee Pipkin is doing a floristic study in the area where areogonum timii occurs. So they're trying to get it listed. They're trying to get it protected. There's a whole like multifaceted issue going on where like lithium is going to help us be more environmentally friendly. Cause then we won't, we'll be like using that instead of like fossil fuels, but mm-hmm. at what cost? Like, are we going to like make plants go extinct so we can be like, stop plants from going extinct. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, but anyway, I was like telling a friend about the whole, the whole thing. And she was like, well what does that plant do like oh man see like i would i wouldn't do well if somebody said that to me. i didn't because i can't i get so riled up i'm like you yeah that's exactly what i was like i don't even know how to like break i'm like we go back to the very beginning of biodiversity and why this is important yeah it's chilling what do you do yeah i had really hard time with that conversation i was just like like and I was like, damn, that was like the perfect opportunity to practice being like, why is this like so important? I just froze up and was like, I can't talk to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I'm the king of having fake arguments in my head, and then once a situation arises where I can use those arguments, I totally freeze, and I'm just like, okay, sure, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Me too. And then I think about it later, and I'm like, crap. Yeah, like oh, I could have got their ass right there. <laughs> but like, so what? should you say if somebody goes oh what what does it do like what good is that being there like what is like it's just because people who don't value biodiversity because they don't know about it like it's not their fault but it's like how do you how do you quantify that into like a lay person's brain (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i guess just being just like i mean 
talking about it from like an evolutionary standpoint where everything is unique and you know and, and then also like so it's like this plant is here and like the chances of it being here like at the same time as us and like in this place it's just like that's crazy to that's that's already crazy to think about and then we have to like even like blow it up even further to be like how many like bacteria are like only found like with this plant like how many like insects are like only you know pollinating this plant or like it's just like and then like by getting rid of it you're like ruining this entire like microcosm of and it, and it's and then but then it's yeah i guess the question could go like why are those bugs and bacteria important it's just like <laughs> i mean the grand scheme of things nothing is no, so exactly, it's like yeah that's the beauty of it though it's like well, if nothing's important everything's important yes yeah exactly i don't know it's i it's yeah it's just yeah everything is beautiful <laughs> yeah no i very much um connect with what you said about like the fact that we are here at the same time as this thing like i tried to like form that coherent thought in college when it was like you know like you're learning empathy for the environment because you're like learning about it and it's just like i remember like pinning my friends by their toes i'm like the fact that our eyes evolved to see red and orange and yellow at the same time deciduous forests go dormant in the winter is fucking incredible and they're like all right dude all right i gotta go to lunch yeah, like oh <laughs> no but i agree it's insane like just the like chance of you yeah, it's it's insane. It's crazy. It's like one in yeah. a trillion, you know. And yeah, I, yeah, it's ultimately like I think if people, I don't like I don't even know how long it took me to reach a point where I was like, yes, things deserve to be here because because they're here, you know, they were here, you know. <laughs> so it's like you can't expect people to just be told that and immediately be like, okay yeah you're right you know but like i don't know i feel like the more you learn about nature and plants and everything and and like the more you spend time with it the more you're just going to like start to appreciate it and i think there nothing really replaces like being out there and like learning about it i don't know like the more i learn about plants the more i i like i get excited about them yeah like you telling me that this buckwheat has evolved to eat car battery acid out of the soil? Like, are you kidding me? We should be, like, bowing down to this thing. Like, I'm a big sack of water in the desert. I got two days tops. This thing's learned how to live out of dirt and rock. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. And then ultimately, I guess you can just bring it back to, like, we don't know. This plant could be useful. Like, what we yeah. if we kill it, you know, like, <laughs> if people really don't buy into the biodiversity argument <laughs> it's like oh yeah cure for diabetes was in that plant the whole time yeah knew it. which i i hate that argument yeah it sucks <laughs> that shouldn't be what um i don't know yeah <laughs> and then mysteriously about two years ago three years ago about seventeen thousand individuals of that plant kind of got dug up overnight mm-hmm oopsie i wonder who did that it certainly wasn't the mining company who was trying to pave it over anyways yeah or like they called a mass predation event by small mammals yeah that's what they tried to like play it off as it's so crazy um this is all parody you can't sue me i'm a parody artist that was that was a joke mining conglomerate from australia (laughs) (laughs) 
They're gonna come for you. Editor's note, the day after recording this, Ariognum timii was listed as an endangered species under the Endangered Species Act, so that mining company can in fact suck it. Oh god. <laughs> come and take me. We need that brand of conservatism, just like super hardcore about plants. Like, you come and take it. <laughs> Don't tread on me, which I'm sure has been done. It probably, oh, but so who... Someone needs to make that a sticker. I know they definitely have with the poppies. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I've seen that floating around. Yeah. yeah. That's very clever. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I, I'm like, I hate making stickers now sometimes. Whenever I see a really good one, I'm like, God damn it. That's such a guy. I should have done that. I, you, are you liking making stickers? You're, you, you don't like it. I, I like designing the stickers because I'm a 12-year-old. <laughs> But for whatever reason, like, Etsy is the most annoying, like, thing. It's like, it just turns it into chores. Like, even if somebody hits me up and, like, on Instagram or texts me, it's like, hey, let me get these three stickers. I'm like, you got it. It's in the mail by the end of the day. But, like, Etsy, I'm like, oh, shit, it's been, like, five days and it's due in six. Like, ah, uh, my brain just does not like it for some reason. <laughs> so I got to get over that, but. You got to have a side hustle. Seriously, this is my side this hustle. Is your side get, hustle. Yeah, I gotta get the advertising. <laughs> I'm gonna start just doing ads for people. <laughs> That's fun too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to call it there? Sure. Yeah. I think so. Do you have any um, projects or anything mm. you want people to know about? Plug anything you want. I have no projects right now that I want to plug. I mean, I'm trying to get my, my master's thesis published, and I'm going to be working on my conservation plan plant in the spring, which is Ariagonum kennedii variety pinacola. So if anybody wants to go out and do surveys with me in the um, Tehachapi Mountains, you're welcome to join me. When uh, is that? In the spring? This Hopefully this spring. I need to like fully plan the field work. But yeah, I would love some company. And then the only other thing I want to plug is I'm moving up to the Bay Area in January, and I need friends, so <laughs> please hang out with me. <laughs> I'll release this as soon as possible, so that isn't a moot point. I just want friends to go botanizing with. I haven't done really, like, it, well, a little bit of botanizing in, like, John Muir Woods with Milan, but um, other than that, like, nothing really, so... I need to find out where all I got the spots. Plants I'm are. around. It's you're gonna be so spoiled. It's so like ridiculous the biodiversity in this area. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Oh, cool. Good luck. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Cut.